listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about the Enneagram and fitness. I'm so grateful to have an amazing guest today, Hallie Ringhand. I love her name. It's very romantic, Ringhand. And Hallie is not only a marriage and family therapist, but also a fitness expert. She's also a trained Enneagram coach. So we are really getting the best of all of this. Oh my gosh. Not only that, I'm not even kidding you. There's one more thing about her that I have to share. And that is that she is the 2-6 glow pairing, which we haven't done yet. So we get to talk about her glow pairing, about fitness, and of course, about how to help couples work through their blocks here in this physical region. Because as you know, on this show, we love to do a biopsychosocial spiritual lens. And I'm just grateful for Hallie to be able to share how we can take care of our bodies. And of course, as a two, she just seems to help a lot with our hearts too. So I loved meeting with her and I hope you love this interview. I hope it really inspires you to find your groove and to do your body work because we know that we are not just thinking brains. We are not just hearts, but we have these bodies that need to be stewarded. So before we get to her, a few announcements. I want to let you know the Enneagram Inner Varsity Conference is coming up, all things Enneagram. So I will leave it in the show notes again, but it's getting closer and it's actually only a $10 registration fee. This event is led by Suzanne Stabile. Each of the nine authors of the Enneagram 40-Day Devotional Series are going to be speaking, which I'm super looking forward to. And I am also excited to say that I'll be speaking on relationship care there. So go ahead and check that out in the show notes. You're also going going to find, of course, Hallie's awesome links in the show notes too. So don't forget that, but we're going to get more into that with her. And I also want to let you know that you might want to grab your binder for your glow planner coming up if you want to help your either late winter or your next year to just be even more intentional with yourself, with your spouse, with your life. It may even seem like an oxymoron for a seven, especially two sevens, Elena Pompana. She's from Ray of Light, who helped me with the glow guides to come up with planners. But we're both planner gurus. And when you have as many kids running around as we do, and you also want some flexibility, you really have a strong desire to get organized. And plus, of course, some of you know, we have our seven route, and then we have our five in one route going. So we really like that. We also, of course, love that time to carve out for ourselves and to replenish so that we can give back in the world. So we hope we've made you something really cool. It was also inspired because I can't take any more clients and it was bothering me that I didn't have a system that fully encompassed an entire year of learning. And now I do because the Glow Planner has every single one of the 12 months a different set of teachings for you, questions to go over together, Enneagram learning, and all these different ways you can balance. So head, heart, and body, and making sure your instincts are as balanced as possible. And instead of it focusing on the 
work week as much, there's more space for you to fill in on your relationship so that you can monitor and guard your relationship together because it is a, a relationship planner. But we've left plenty of room for your regular life too because we know that's part of it all in notes and journaling spaces and quotes. And I'm just so excited that we are going to be sharing that with you in November. So stay tuned for your glow planner and get your binder. It's about 200 pages, so at least one inch binder for that. And we're looking forward to that. The other funny thing about the planner is that with being sevens, we made it have some flow and flexibility so that you can set up the 12 months however you want. We set it up uh, January through December in terms of what we would expect, but we also left it open so that you can label the different months. Sometimes people might say, you know what, we got caught up the first time. So you can even do some of these months twice where you say, you know what, we we're not going to do this month. This month, Krista focuses in on finances. We're fine there. We're doing amazing there, in fact. So we're going to use this month to go over one of the ones that we forgot or neglected. So you can use it every year if you want. It's not just for the one year, but I am excited to talk more with you about that as we get moving along. Um, Otherwise, in our world today, I hope you guys are doing really well. I hope that things are settling down. I saw New York Times today that some of the COVID virus is settling down, which was comforting. Of course, I'm seeing it at home still with some of my clients. Uh, families. Uh, My husband's still treating patients with COVID, but we're seeing some decline and that's a huge blessing. And we're seeing that a lot of people are either having had it or had their vaccination. So continuing to pray for all of us in our world. As far as just getting into physicality, you know, I like to talk a little bit about literature sometimes at the beginning of an episode when we have a moment. And I want to tell you that I was really reminded before the fitness episode just how important it is to me and I'm sure to all of you that we don't judge each other too harshly on the basis of our physicality, but that we do pay attention to it. So I want you to know my heart for this episode is for health and not just about beauty. Although I think that God is excited about beauty. I think that the world was made for not just science, but also art and beauty. So I'm not against that and I enjoy beauty, but I also think that it's important to find beauty internally. So I want to remind us of that. And something that we're doing at home is my son and I are still trekking through Lord of the Rings and I even got a clarinet for my birthday. So you guys can just laugh that knowing I'm playing Lord of the Rings on it because that was something I played as a kid. And then I also want to say with my daughters, one of uh, my nine and I are going through Scarlet Letter and I've already read it myself four times, just different times I've had to teach it and even be a student reading the book. But I'm taking her through it now and we're, you know, just remembering not to judge. And there's just so much I feel like that's in some ways the great American novel. Like, maybe the most undersold great American novel because we don't hear that it is the great American novel, but I do really like it for a lot of the messages about hypocrisy and about really uh, being truly godly. I know we saw Nathaniel Hawthorne's gravesite not too long ago in Massachusetts, and we were really touched by a beautiful Bible verse that had been penned on his gravesite. And we really enjoyed remembering that he tried, at least we all try to have a more authentic faith instead of the ones where people were getting, um, obviously, wearing A's and being made to feel like they were alienated and adulteresses and um, alone in their 
in their world. So we don't want anyone to feel that. But his other story, my other daughter, my four, got in uh, her literature class in college, and it's The Birthmark by Nathaniel Hawthorne. And that was one of my dad's favorite stories. It's one of my favorite stories. And it leads into our fitness episode in this way that the author of this story, it's a short story if you happen to be interested to read it, is about a man who was involved in science and he decided that he loved his wife and found her beautiful, but that he didn't want to keep her just the way she was because there were just too many little flaws. So he particularly, hence the title of the story, found that she had a birthmark on her face and he just, he was bothered by it. He's like, oh gosh, she would be so perfect without that birthmark. And it turns out that when she allowed him to tweak her and change her, there are terrible results. And so it was a really moving story. I think that what's so important about this book and this story as we talk about our bodies first and foremost uh, is that we remember to be kind to our spouses no matter what they look like, even if we're feeling frustrated that maybe they're not the weight we would want or they're not as fit as we would want. Or um, maybe we feel, and I've heard the gamut, they may feel, we may feel they wear too much makeup or not enough or that they're um, sweating or you know, uh, you may have some sensory issues around each other. And we'll be talking about that with our um, wonderful OT friend Beth coming on in a few weeks. But we really have to to work together with our spouses and with ourselves to show a lot of grace and encourage each other and be an example of fitness to each other versus calling out judgments because it is very hard to be inside one another's bodies and we're more than just the body but we also understand that when we're healthy and when we're taking the best care we can with all of our varying ailments etc that we really do show up more brightly in the world. Our glow is brighter. We're not that monochromatic picture. We are really sharing this ray of light with others because we've got our hormones gathered up in the right spaces. Our epinephrine is going and and not too high. Our adrenaline has some balance. So you understand that as we lean into talking about the ways that each type can do fitness, there's really deep, great motivation that not only do you come into marriage with more light and more health and longevity for the world, for your kids, for the future generations, not only do you try to just do this for health and not just vanity, but you also want to make sure that you are mindful not to judge your spouse. So as long as I know that about you guys, I feel really good. And you can still request, you can still make preferences and say, oh, you know, I love this about you, this perfume, this look. I love when this part of your body is feel is looking great and healthy. But try not to guilt that in because sometimes they may be like, oh my gosh, I just had a baby. Like, wow, I know you love that I had a six pack of abs, but I just had like three C-sections. So no, but I don't. So I don't want you guys to do that. But I do want you to understand that this is a key area of life and it is part of your stewarding. And so is rest. So perhaps for you, you're not able to do fitness right now. And we're going to talk about that on this episode. What if you're in a season where you can't do fitness? Because um, that's been a great question that's been coming up. 
And I get that. And I, uh, you'll hear me say when I overwork out, I've been told the same thing. I have to chill out. So I hope that you guys will get a lot from this episode. Yeah. So I hope that you know that it's certainly taken me a lot of years to get to know that space from the many, many, many sports a seven enjoys. <laughs> so I think that's really something that I'm still learning with you guys, how to find the right balance. And I'm very committed to my workouts, but I'm also committed not to overly work out as I keep learning and relearning. And that is a lesson that I have had to learn the hard way. So I'm not nearly as intense as I used to be, but I'm glad that we can all learn together how to go into our weeks with a lot more gusto because of that vibrancy that our fitness gives us. So anyway, let's get started with Hallie now. Hey, Hallie, I am so happy to have you on the Enneagram and Marriage podcast today. Thanks so much for having me, Krista. Oh my gosh. It's my pleasure. As I was telling you before we got on, it has been a dream of mine to have this topic very close to my heart about self-care and fitness along with Enneagram types for a while. And when you and I got connected, it was just awesome. So thank you doubly. And we're going to talk about your marriage today too. Exciting. I, that's one of my favorite topics. Oh, <laughs> uh, yay. So I hope our audience can chill with us a bit as we talk about your two, six glow pairing. Mm-hmm. And I love how you guys are promise keepers. And then we're going to get into all about health and fitness for types. So first I would love to hear how you and Jeff got started and got to meet. So people will kind of raise an eyebrow because it's, it's kind of a, it's almost movie-esque, but we met at a diner. I was 16 years old. My grandmother was the cook. I was the waitress and my husband was dishwasher. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Now that being said, he was 19 and we, it's not like we met and dated and got married. We had, you know, we met, there were sparks. I was too young for him. We dated, we didn't date for a while. And then we reconnected a couple of years, I would say into our college experience in our early twenties. So, so yeah, we've been together. It'll be 27 years. We've been married this October. Oh, congratulations. That's amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, wow. And Jeff's a six and -hmm. you're the two, right? Correct. Okay. And do you know your subtype slash instincts? Yes. So my primary subtype is social. Um, it, it's social. Typically it's social self-preservation and sexual. And then for my husband, he is, his primary instinct is self-preservation, secondary, social, last is sexual. Wow. So you guys are pretty similar in your instinctual variants. Yeah. It's crazy how similar we are, which is, can be a real positive and a real negative. Yes. Well, I, yeah, I want to jump into that. And I guess I also want to say real quick, you're leading the way for a lot of our audience by showing that longevity can even happen because a lot of our listeners are in their first zero to five to 10 years of marriage. So um, Mm. I love to hear what just some of your tips are for just finding the right person at the beginning of the relationship. Like, what did you guys love about each other? What did you look out for? Because we want that longevity too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what we really loved about each other is the ability to communicate. 
So we are both big time talkers and, but I tended to be more the listener. I know go figure being the two, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> and he tended to be a little bit more of the talker early um, in our relationship. And it worked out really well, but we just really have a passion for knowing where we stand. So that's been something that has been a real strength for us because when things are rocky or things aren't quite right, we're really quick to discuss it or at least address that we need to discuss it. Now that of course, isn't always perfect. And there are times where, you know, neither one of us want to discuss it because it can be hard stuff, but those, that's probably one of the biggest things that we love about each other. Um, Prioritization of family for us is really big. So prioritizing time with our kids, um, making sure that there are rituals that we keep intact as a family, you know, for holidays and, Uh, different events. Those are things that are really important to us as well. Okay. So one of the things that you said in your glow guide that I really love, and that has been an evolution over the years and more of a prioritization is date night. Mm. Um, Early in our marriage, we did a good job of it. And then things got crazy when you have children and, you know, full-time careers and all kinds of things vying for your attention. And so we, you know, I would say in the last, especially five years, but the last 10 years in particular have really put an emphasis on a weekly date night. Oh my gosh. That's amazing at the longevity (laughs) you've been putting into that. That's awesome. Thank you. It's, 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 you know, it's a lot of work and sometimes date night consists of, okay, let's go get takeout and eat on the patio, you know? Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything huge. Uh-huh. I think we all learned that through the pandemic times <laughs> that we yeah. still needed that. And you know what? That's a beautiful thing. We do the simple ones too sometimes. But I love that that was such a healing agent for the marriage. Cause like you said, it's you're connecting with family. Mm-hmm. You guys have a strong sense of doing what's right and you mm-hmm. want to stay married and you want to connect but it's not always easy. The six isn't always wanting to divulge um, the heart places. And then as a two, you're familiar with everybody else's heart, but yours sometimes. So Mm -hmm. that probably has taken a lot of courage to invite that conversation in, which makes me think the date night has been a great balance. Yeah, so much so. And what a great way to explain it, because that's exactly that when you were saying that it makes so much sense. There have Mm -hmm. been times where Jeff he'll say to me, I, you know, I haven't really thought about it that way, or I don't really know how I feel where my heart is jumping out of my chest. I'm like, how can you not know how you feel? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) You know how he feels. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I know how you feel before you do, which is really cool that he has you there for that little, um, I love that you are able to give him that, you know, I'm thinking of the baby whisper, like the marriage whisper. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And he does that for me as well. He really does. And he, he's been um, really helpful for me in setting better boundaries. Wow. That is a beautiful gift. He gives you to always protect yourself, to make sure you're not forgetting the self-preserving. And I know that's a strength for you guys, but over the years, I bet that's him leaning in and giving him that piece of his glow onto you. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Wow. And do you love to be taken care of in your self-preserving too? Yes. 
Okay. <laughs> Which is such a fun match for a six because he loves to probably help take care of you. Yeah, he really does. In fact, we are in the midst of a, a home project and we've had some blow ups because it's a, it's a lot. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, once we discussed kind of where we were at and what was going on, you know, he, it, the bottom line was he just wanted to take care of me and us. And, you know, he was, He's trying to do it in a way that made sense for him because he loves home projects and I do not. <laughs> yeah, that's unsettling for a lot of twos. It's like mm-hmm. moving around your stuff. You want to move furniture and things I would imagine like many twos like to do, but just to have people in your space, it's probably tough. Yeah, very. So our dining room is still full of our living room furniture, but it will soon be It'll soon be back to normal. So uh-huh. it'll be so worth it. You guys are going to have such an even more beautiful setting to relax in together. And you guys are called the promise keepers. Do you feel like commitment has been a big player in your marriage? Yes, absolutely. Commitment is foundational for both of us. And that is probably one of the biggest strengths, I guess, between us and our marriage is that mm-hmm. commitment is the, the, really the groundwork for our marriage. And so, you know, when we go, we've gone through rough times, like every married couple does, Mm -hmm. but knowing that we're committed to each other and to being with each other for life really makes it so that we face issues and work on them. Yes. And I love that you are doing that because it could be very easy as a two and a six to be compliant, dependent, codependent even, and not to do the work. So I'm proud of you guys for digging in and doing the work. And I have seen twos and sixes say, Hey, why is it so easy? It's so natural. It's such a good fit. Whereas sometimes there's just different gifts from each pairing, as you know, but with your pairing, I think that's really cool that you've been intentional about doing not just the easy, it comes natural. We're both so good at commitment and we're both compliant, but to dig deep and to be real with your feelings, that takes a lot of courage. Yeah. Thank you. It, it really does. And it, it's taken time, you know, mm-hmm. marriages go through stages. And I think when you get to those really hard points and you're willing to admit that you need help from other people, whether it be a therapist or a pastor or a coach um, and being, and really you know, taking those steps to dig deeper, make your relationship that much better. Yes. I thank you for saying that too, so that our audience doesn't just think, oh, Krista said this is quote unquote easy pairing. It could be on the surface, but when, like you said, you spend a lot of time together, there's stuff that just Mm -hmm. comes up. So I'm super happy you guys have been intentional about that. And it probably has helped you. Like you said, he's helped you to set boundaries. You're helping each other not to be codependent on each other for your safety and for your self-love too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Codependence has been an issue we've worked on both of us for sure. Okay. That's good for our listeners to know for any two sixes (laughs) or yeah, that pairing or anyone with the two or the six, make sure you do work on codependency. But also I want to ask you, what would you say to a two, six couple starting out? And it might be the things you've already said, but is there anything else that you think, gosh, this would have been such a great piece of advice to know when we were just starting out? I think for a two, six couple, just starting out though, there's many things, but the one thing that comes to mind for me is to pause. Mm. It's really easy to jump to conclusions, you know, especially as a feeling, um, and a head type, 
and we jump to conclusions differently, but to pause and try to understand your partner from their perspective. And if you know the Enneagram, I think it helps a lot. It can make a world of difference. Very helpful for the young, passionate couple who's got their notebook angst going on. And you're like, actually pausing works. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. And it's safe for your six because, you know, there's a lot of reactivity with a six that's young. And then with a two, there can be even hysterical behaviors when they're young. So it's a really powerful thing to say, I have self-control and I can do this. We Mm -hmm. can do this. It really is. It, there's so much power in that. Mm, yeah, I have. I agree with you on that. I, I have walked that journey myself in a lot of ways, being an aggressive, assertive type. And sometimes you're like, okay, the crying is over and we still have to figure this out. So, mm, so Krista, okay. I, tell me, yeah. and I'm sure your listeners know this, but you're a seven, correct? Right. Right. Okay. And your husband, what is he? He's a one. So he was very logical when I would get into my tirades early marriage and he would just kind of stare at me after the initial honeymoon. Oh my gosh, sweetie. And then that kind of wears down after years one to five for us a little sooner than five. And so we had to figure it out at the end of the day. It didn't matter how many times I sought out coddling he was ready to work on it, not just lean in. Whereas my own mom who had been two-ish and nine-ish, she had really leaned in to my Mm. feelings a lot more and indulged them perhaps too much. So it was, it was very healthy to have somebody who said, you know, past the feelings. Now what, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what are we going to (laughs) do? Body types. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you just said a lot in regards to interactions between types in that little short segment there. That was really helpful. (laughs) I'm so glad. I love to share stories in my seven mode, but I also love to hear stories. So that's why I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many listeners who are like, what about the other types, Krista? And you're just opening our eyes to seeing this dynamic with you two. And now we get to talk about your beautiful work because everyone needs to know that you don't work in your uh, restaurant anymore, which I love that you did, but now you have a different (laughs) job, right? Yes. Yes. So I waitressed my way through college. In fact, this is way back in the eighties and early nineties when you could actually waitress and make enough money to pay for college. (laughs) So I did that and I did a variety of things, but I have my master's degree in marriage and family therapy. I worked in the field for many years. I did a lot of in-home therapy, which was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Wow. And And very two-ish of you, by the way, because that is something (laughs) twos on my staff have done. And I'm like, what? So that's (laughs) awesome that you tried that out and we're loving enough to try that out. Yeah, it was, wow. And I think back on it and there are so many difficulties (laughs) about it, but so many great learning takeaways from it, but it, I have been in health and fitness since I've been 20. So I started teaching uh, group fitness uh, kind of as a side job in college, honestly, just to have enough money for groceries. Um, and so that was, that was something I just kind of a love, kind of a passion and it grew. And then over the years, as I continued on as a therapist and then transitioned into becoming a coach and a corporate business wellness advisor, it, I used what I've been doing since the age of 20 with group fitness. And I'm a certified corrective exercise, personal trainer. I have holistic lifestyle coaching 
certifications, Enneagram certification. So I, I kind of molded wow. all of that into what I do now with individuals, families, and companies. Oh my goodness. You are just the exact person we've been waiting for, for this show. I mean, I cannot tell you how many people have written to me and said, can we please hear from health and fitness? And we also needed somebody with the glow pairing that was different. <laughs> and so it's like, yay, I'm so happy about that. And, and not only that, but you have blessed so many people over the last decades and marriage and family therapy as well. So tell us what are some basic tips for us when we are looking at these heart types and these body types and these head types? Because I imagine that they all have some differences when it comes to kind of their stumbling blocks and things they need to work on in fitness. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, with, um, with what I do with the Enneagram, it's so cool to see some of the patterns play out for different um, triads and, and specifically wow. different types. And, you know, it's, it's kind of another aha moment for people who understand the Enneagram to see, oh, okay. So oftentimes twos will fall into this. So when I speak about this, I'm a real believer in honoring individuality. So people might say, that's not me, yeah. but yeah, that's what okay. I, yeah. yeah, right. What mm -hmm. I do find with, in particular with heart types is um, they can be over, become overwhelmed by their feelings mm -hmm. and they may self-medicate to repress them. So whether that's with food or drink or exercise that, or doing, diving into their, their career, all of that, the, what I've found to be really helpful from a health and fitness perspective, and it's actually a little bit more health is to prioritize right brain activity. So mm -hmm. basically doing something creative painting, singing, Tai Chi or yin yoga, coloring, journaling, like a free flowing journal. Those are the kinds of things that I see help heart types move through their feelings instead of trying to move around them. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Instead of moving around them, because they're yeah. not doing their four arrow work a lot of the time. That's very hard and scary for mm -hmm. many types, especially mm -hmm. a two who doesn't want to face those feelings. So you're really directing them to back to the feelings. Yeah, definitely. Back to them and through them so that they know they can make it through and that it can be a platform with which to learn and grow. Wow. And of course, I think threes are benefiting here. And then we also know even some fours, I would imagine, you know, that this is helpful for them to move through them instead of staying maybe stuck. Yeah. Fours, I think out of all of the heart types that I, in terms of this kind of um, health and fitness, usually rock out. <laughs> they're, usually pretty good. they're usually pretty good at, you know, getting into their creative side or, you know, taking some time moving through feelings. Oh, that's neat to hear for our fours. They're like, we do this. We do a good job. Oh, that's so cool. So these guys need to really connect, not necessarily on, you haven't said the fitness side, but this is the health side. And what about for the fitness? What would you say for them? For the fitness side for heart types, I think it's really important for them to honor what they love. Because, you know, as a heart type, if you, if you feel it in your heart, it's going to be a lot easier to follow through. And mm -hmm. so that can be different depending on the type. I see a lot of type twos who tend to like group fitness classes, you know, working with others, not necessarily always going it on their own. I see type threes 
who tend to be more attracted to things like CrossFit or um, powerlifting, kind of numbers-based athletics. Mm-hmm. And then type fours, it really depends, but I've seen a lot of, a lot of yogis. I've seen a lot of dancers in, in terms of type four, mm-hmm. but for me, it's all about you have to figure out what it is from a movement perspective that you love so that you'll be more consistent with it. Okay. So they have to own it and love mm-hmm. it and get their own self-care versus saying, oh, my friend told me about this. They have to find what they love. Yep. Good for sure. word for our hard types. <laughs> We're so caring and thinking about others. Yes. Yes. That's a really good point because that's the thing, especially as a two, you might be like, oh, I should do this because, you know, and then that other focused piece comes into why you're making that decision, which isn't always the best thing. Yes. Because there's a lot of the heart or, uh, the one-to-one instinct going with the twos a lot of the time, just naturally. Mm -hmm. So for them to say another part of survival is fitness, that's something they might have to speak deeply into themselves to remind themselves. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. Thank you. That's so helpful. Yeah. And then I, I don't know if you want me to go through like head types. And I gut would, types. Yes. What about oh. the head types? That would be so helpful to hear. Like what would the head types do? So head types in, from what I have seen and experienced, I, I, my husband is a six and then my son is a five. Mm -hmm. And so we have, um, you know, head types here in the family, Mm -hmm. my daughter, the jury's still out for her. She, she thinks she may be a counterphobic six. Um, but she thinks she's, but right now she's still settling in that eight realm. So (laughs) yes. Wow. Fascinating. With head types, because they tend to get stuck in thinking loops or indecision or possible OCD like behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, What I see is they often become movement paralyzed because they want to figure things out first. Mm -hmm. And so prioritization of daily movement, preferably outdoors at around the same time, because they tend to do well when they put something on their calendar Mm -hmm. tends to work really well for head types. I see a lot of endurance athletes, triathletes who are head types, people who spend a lot of time on their own. And so just getting head types to be able to prioritize daily movement in a a healthy, balanced way is really important because sometimes you'll see head types. Once they do use exercise, they might overuse exercise. Oh and, yeah. We're all like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. How about right now? The doctor told me I'm not really allowed to work out this week. <laughs> because oh. I had just finished a 21 day challenge and I was sore. I had kind of just, my abs are too sore. And he was like, you know, you cannot not take breaks. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yay for your doctor. <laughs> I know I was sour about that. So yes, us thinking types, <laughs> you have to say, am I overdoing? Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think you're going to tell us for us head types, our bodies have to inform us, but we're so disconnected from our bodies that mm-hmm. we're asking others, especially if we lean into a six wing, what do you think's going on? And it's like, we're the only ones who can probably ultimately really gauge some of that. And that's terrifying for us. 
Yeah. No, oh my gosh. That's so helpful. So helpful. I'm, as I'm listening to, I'm envisioning my husband and my son. Absolutely. <laughs> We're like, can't you just tell me? Um, but we can get ourselves in trouble if we don't Yeah, give ourselves enough like, hey, you know, you can figure this out. And then of course, with us sevens, you're like, stop overdoing. But you're right. We got into our mode and we're like, I now never want to stop, yep. you know? So it's a real blast, but, but thank you for reminding us first, we have to get out of the head. And you said outdoors, outdoors. and in the body and in the body. And then one of the things I I've found to be really helpful for head types is interval based training. Now that, that, that doesn't necessarily mean high intensity training because not everybody can do high intensity training, mm-hmm. but things like, um, you know, if you have a Fitbit or an Apple watch or some kind of an app on your phone where you can kind of time yourself to a minute of fast walking, a minute of slow walking, a minute and 10 seconds of fast, you know, that kind of interval-based training, whether it's walking or cycling or skipping or bicycling, it really elicits a hormonal response that gives people that sense of euphoria quicker than endurance training. Mm. And so it seems to work really well for head types because they you know, when you're doing interval training, it's really hard to think because your body is, you know, going into that anaerobic state. So it's, it's, I don't know, it seems to work really well for the head types that I've worked with. I think that makes a lot of sense so that we have to stop thinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's what I think is needed. And it's not always fun. Yeah. Cause we want to get, like, we want to get stuck in our heads, but then when you're like, you know what, like it is okay. And it is safe. And what we really need, even if we don't want it is the mental break. Mm-hmm. Um, that's beautiful. And then we also need variety. As you said, we can get very fixated. So it, it probably makes you have so much more of a variety of your body work. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And sometimes again, depending on the type, because it's, in my opinion, fives and sixes like to be told exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I really encourage them to, to look inward, to see what it is at that time in their life, in their day that makes the most sense for them. And that can be frustrating for head types. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, I don't know. I thought you were going to tell me mm-hmm. if you're a five or a six. And I think especially six probably does that. And, and like you said, you have a five in your family. So you're like, yeah, they do that a lot too. I see fives get stuck with, I want to work out, but I, I can't get out of my head most for me, the way you said the nature that spoke to me a lot about fives, because they do tend to overdo once they get going on something and can be almost OCD with it. But a lot of the time that's only for two or three weeks. And then, and as long as they, if they have like a team they're on, that's different. But if they don't, it's like they've learned P90X and that's an older one, but whatever it is, they've kind of mastered it and now they've moved on and now they're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. So I like how you said the consistent nature. Yep. Yes. Yes, for sure. My son in particular, he there, it, it, what's really cool about exercise is it can be, it can really vary. Sometimes people think I don't want to go to a gym and my response is don't, I mean, do, you know, you don't have to be part of a gym to get good exercise. My son, for example, he worked at a place called I combat, which was mm-hmm. like, uh, and, and it's kind of like, 
oh, I don't know, airsoft or laser tag, mm-hmm. but on a grander level. And they have real army equipment in these buildings. And, you know, people play each other and in, in basically it's strategic, but then you also have to shoot each other. And it's a very intense game physically. Wow. Um, and for him, and for honestly, for a lot of head types, because I would see a lot of head types at iCombat, it was so fun. I love hearing that for our fives, that they can really put their mental work back into it if they can be strategic about what they find. And I love that your son found that. Yeah, it's been really cool. Oh my gosh, that is really cool and a good reminder. And that's where I have seen fives get consistent as if they find something with something they find fun. So I fives love fun. They go to seven as one of their main arrows. So that's really fun for me to hear that little, it's kind of a side tip you wouldn't think of for fives naturally, unless you really knew that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I always forget about that seven arrow, but it's so true. And it's such a big move for fives. It is. And with sevens, I don't find that we always have to have fun. We more settle into our five and we want to think and just enjoy and enjoy the longevity and the runners high or whatever we're getting. So we tend to really enjoy fitness and maybe even our independence a lot more and don't want to be told what to do as much. Um, unless we have a very strong six wing or we're taking a class that can be fun. But I guess what I'm getting at is I think with us, it has to be more about the gluttony of overdoing has to be looked at. Mm, Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. So question for you quick, what do you see with sevens and exercise? Obviously you are a seven. So do you see that they tend to overdo it? Definitely. And I think because we're an aggressive, assertive type, we just want to enjoy the endorphins. It's a great feeling. I mean, not if you're doing something really hard, that's just going to like knock you out. And it's absolutely no fun, like a really difficult boot camp that is made for making you feel bad. You know, um, mm. sevens aren't no- normally going to do something like that. They more find something that is their vibe. So whether it's dancing or skiing or tennis or running, um, which I love all of those things, you're just like, I'm having so much fun. I don't want to mm. stop. I took jogging as a college course and several ballroom and salsa Latin dance courses in college, but it was overdoing because I was also running five miles a morning and I wasn't balanced. So I think that Mm. when you're an older seven, you Mm. learn that that's not going to work for a long time Mm. and that you have to really lean back into balance. And that's extremely hard for us. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. For sure. We have a a good friend who's a seven and um, he likes to walk and so, and he's, he has an Apple watch. And so we're friends on the Apple watch. And sometimes I'll see him after a walk. I'm like five miles. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just so fun. And so it's just like, we never want to come back and that doesn't work for life and it's not practical and it's not, it's not caring. So it really is helpful to have somebody like you to be I'm sure with the people you do lead, just reminding people of, Hey, this is awesome that you're so passionate, but can you make sure you take better care of your body long-term or can you make sure that you're honoring to the rest of your commitments? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And that can be hard to do, you know, especially because if with exercise is such a positive thing, but it, you know, as we know, you know, anything can be used in a, in a way that makes it negative. So (laughs) yes. And there's always that core belief that my gluttony will help me. That is the passion of the seven is Mm -hmm. 
hey, this is going to really help me to can plan for a good day. But sometimes we can over plan and we can enjoy that gluttony too much. Mm-hmm. So it's just a good word. And I like how you said for the six is the fear is so important to address. Like you have it, you know, it, your body is yours, feel it, burn it, own it and get into courage. And I like how with fives you're saying, you know, they're really going to think I don't have enough. And they have to realize that when you give out and you get in your body and you're exercising, it's like, you do have enough. You have more than enough. That's amazing mm-hmm. that your son found something so fun. Yeah, it really, it really is. It, it always excites me when I see someone, whether it be a, a family member or a client or a friend, find something they really love that like just Aww. lights up their world. It's cool. Oh. Yeah. You're so caring. I love that about you. <laughs> Well, tell us about the body types. We want to hear about them. They've been so patient. (laughs) So the body types, they, as you know, they either get stuck in action or inaction, depending on the type. Mm. And so from a a health and fitness perspective, um, and if we're just talking fitness perspective, they have to have accountability. So that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to have someone with them all the time, but they do need to be accountable to somebody, whether it's a therapist or a coach or a mentor, because otherwise it's just too easy to get off track or to do or not follow through. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, That's so interesting. That's been my experience with them. And you know, I have um, a couple of type eight clients um, that I've worked with for quite some time and really fun, energetic people. However, sometimes what happens, especially for the type eight is they have an idea about what they should be doing. And they sometimes will box out other ideas. So they're not, you know, I've worked with a type eight before who he was not listening to his body at all. And he was in so much pain and in denial, because that's their main defense mechanism. And he would come in for personal training and want me to like kill him as a trainer. And I just wow. I said, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this anymore. Like, if you want a trainer to kill you, you're going to have to hire someone else because it's <laughs> not, not, a not two. appropriate. <laughs> yeah, not a two. <laughs> right. I'd be like, ooh, this is a fun challenge. I love your strength, you know, and an eight would be like, yeah, let's do this. But I like how you're like, no, that breaks my heart. Like you have to. <laughs> you're right. <sighs> oh my gosh. But then like a nine. So I have I have a couple of nine clients right now. Um, and one of them in particular has has a hard time moving into action. Mm. And so giving her simple things that I know she can follow through with and being a, like having some kind of a, a system in place where she can check it off is key for exercise. Wow. Oh my gosh. That is fantastic. And what a gift to them to hear that. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, working with nines, again, depending on the nine um, and the subtype and all of that, but they are eager to learn about what to do, I think from a health and fitness perspective, but sometimes it's, it can be so hard to move into action. Yes. It has to be prioritized on their daily list because they have that list, but then it kind of lands like, Oh, you know what? Things got done, but this one didn't get done. So you're just saying, put yourself back in the equation. Mm -hmm. Yes. hundred percent. 
Man, that's good. And not just as a comfort, put yourself back in for comforts, but to wake up your body. I think there's nothing more powerful than a nine waking up their body and they can pull others on as they wake up. So they're fun in fitness and they love fitness. If it's fun. Have you noticed that too about your nines? Oh my gosh. That's such a good point. I actually have a couple of friends who are nines who um, have taken fitness classes with me Mm -hmm. and they just want to have fun. They want, you know, they'll, they'll be the one who will be doing a little cha-cha in the corner, even if it's not a cha-cha class. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We have that going on for my daughter and they can pull others on. Another person just told her today, I noticed you talk about body work on your Instagram. And she said to her, I am not strong in this area. So I guess I just, I'm with you that it's weird. Kind of a tip you wouldn't know about nines unless you knew nines that they love fun. And then, like you said, they actually draw others into it. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. And they, and they do it in such a relaxed way that it's even more funny. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Like they're super fun to work out with. I've known some nines to do rucking and just like crazy things where I'm like, what's that? And they're like, oh, I'm doing this fun triathlon at Disney. And it's just like, you're the most fun people ever to work out with, Mm -hmm. or, um, I'm sure often there are nines who enjoy some solo walks. I know that's popular too. Amongst nines, whenever I do ask a fitness question, they love their walking. Do you know, Mm -hmm. nines like that? Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's been a big one. Okay. Which Mm -hmm. is just, that's also body work and at different ages and stages, Gosh, that's important. And what about the ones you said eights are tending to overdo and they need uh, all three. You said need some accountability. What about ones? Yeah. So ones, um, sometimes they have very specific ideas about what they should be doing, whether they got that idea from a doctor or a family member or, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's hard to, it's hard sometimes to get ones out of the should you know, what they think is right and to move into an area that they may have never moved into before, but that's going to be better for their body. Mm, Wow. That's interesting because they're all about moderation. So if they have to let something slide, it might be the more fun or vanity elements, and they might just kind of keep in something their doctor said, or maybe something they kind of get focused, overly focused. Yes, for sure. Yeah. The overly focused is a really important point. I actually had a friend, she, um, she was a facilitator of our church life group and she's a one and she admitted to just being overly, overly focused on exercise, almost obsessive about it. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up being a negative because she was so exhausted. Mm, that is hard. And we don't want any of our ones to burn out. We want them to have the rights to work out though, so that they know they get to, and that it's right and good to work out. We don't want them to feel stuck to it or like if they don't meet the certain requirements that they failed. Right. Exactly. That's a really good point is to encourage ones, especially if they're in doing something that's new for them Mm. and that there's always a starting point and there's always room for growth and, and success. That's true because they could be, they're usually good at the things they try. So they're like, if I do it, I want to be good at. And it's like, sometimes you just aren't, and you just have to have fun with it. Yes. Yes, definitely. I see that with sixes as well. Yeah. Just bringing ones and sixes who can tend to be like each other into a space of fun and getting in their bodies and releasing some of the tension for the six and the anger for the one Mm -hmm. is so key. And, um, 
you know, my husband does this thing every day where he takes a fast little bike ride to get his heart rate up. And Mm -hmm. it's something that has become very releasing for the anger for him. So Mm -hmm. he just, when it builds up, he's like, you know what, I'm just going to go take my um, bike ride to get my heart rate up, but it does, it does become a little obsessive. And my nine daughter has been like, nobody can go to him. Like she can, as I've said before on this podcast, like a body type with a body type can be pretty direct. And, um, she's like, dad's got to go do his heart rate bike ride. And he just cracks <laughs> up and he's like, you've got my number. It's so embarrassing. But like, oh. she's like, you know, riding him about that. But I also am like, yeah, but that is so good for dad. Like let dad do that because he really needs that. And of course Mm -hmm. she's got her nine things where she's like, yes, but I need, I've been waiting for dad. I need dad. Um, Mm -hmm. But dad isn't going to present himself in the best way to her if he hasn't had that. So just giving ones that reminder, like, I know you want to be with your kids. You feel so guilty about it. I know they're even pulling for you, Mm -hmm. but like you need your space, right? (laughs) You need your workout. And that is so important is that if you don't take care of yourself, especially if you don't have some kind of a movement pattern or a prioritization in your schedule, it really impacts the rest of your health. Wow. Oh my gosh. Thank you for saying that to ones that is Mm -hmm. so big health issues and ones chronic stuff that comes up long-term because Mm -hmm. they didn't feel acceptable to do that. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah. The ones are, I mean, I don't, I've sometimes I've mistyped ones and threes a lot because they can really get lost in their work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is so important that, you know, when you're telling a three to work out back to threes, because we didn't spend much time on them. You're reminding us all that they might not be doing the fun orange theory or the CrossFit, but they might actually be skipping altogether. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, yes, for sure. Wow. Thank you. And I really know that this last question is such a biggie for so many who are just listening now going, I can't work out or I have a chronic injury and I've been, you know, feeling more depressed and not having as much self-worth. Do you have any tips for these people who want to do something, but maybe don't feel empowered right now? Mm-hmm. So one of the things I say is if someone is in that spot or in that space where they're injured, whether it be, you know, physical or, or emotional, is that think of when someone is in the hospital. So when you're in the hospital, usually within 24 hours of whatever procedure you're having done, you have a physical therapist in your room getting you moving. Mm-hmm. So that might be eye rolls for somebody who has a spinal injury. That might be um, movement of fingers and toes. And so any movement is good movement and moderation. That being said, it's really important when you're in that space where you really can't do what you've done and it's been tied to your self-worth is to really um, be honest about how you're identifying with exercise. And if you're, if you might be over identifying with exercise, or you might be putting exercise in a place that God doesn't want you to. It might be in, in, you know, taking up too much space in your energy and in your heart and, you know, might, you know, we all, we all do things in our lives where we put things in a godlike way. Right. And I think God sometimes will softly whisper and sometimes bang us over the head and say, nope, 
you, you can't keep doing this. This isn't, this isn't what I want you to do. And so being able to be honest about why you identify with movement in that way is super helpful and working with someone you trust and that can really support you as you move forward to meet you where you are and help you out of that space is key. Oh, that is so well said. And when we make things like working out an idol or taking too long on it or leaving it out because we just feel wrong, but especially here to say, and maybe we have been using it as a crutch for identity and all of our happy vibes, you're saying that's not really you balanced. So there's moments where God kind of shouts to you and your pain to shift. And maybe this mm-hmm. is a time for you to find other routes to fulfillment and maybe even process some of your deeper issues. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. For sure. And that being said, that can be so hard. I mean, I've worked, I've worked with people who have um, had eating or exercise uh, disorders. And so for them, their whole nervous system is really about being able to move the way they want to move every single day. And it can become incredibly anxiety producing or even trauma inducing for those who can't move in that way anymore. And so it really depends on on where you're at and um, being honest about the kind of help that you should seek out. I mean, that's definitely one of the best pieces of advice because they really have to be honest about like, how bad is this? Like, Mm -hmm. is this something I can even do by journaling and crying and living a balanced life? Or do I need and I think you're saying, and many times they do a helper to come alongside them and help them. This is a new battle that they're going to have to really walk through. And I'm hearing you say it can be a place of grief. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's a really good way to sum it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to go through the, to, for someone to take them through the steps of grieving, at least then they can make sense of what's going on and how to move forward. Well, That is so helpful. And I know we're going to get to hear your information too. And as I, I just want you to know, that's my next question is how can we get in touch with you? But before I ask that, I want to say to the people or particular people who wrote in and said, I've got not only the chronic health, but I'm just wanting my spouse to know that I'm hoping they don't see me differently if I can't do it. I think that's really huge when it comes to fitness and health and marriage is understanding that marriage is super long. And what I remember when I was, my dad was on hospice and just walking through the hospital he was at. And there was somebody we knew as an acquaintance sitting with her husband. And I was thinking there are just seasons in marriage and these last moments are very, very precious. And there was nobody going to be having any health and fitness, but you just knew they longed to be together. And these were precious moments. Mm. So I just really want to remind couples of that too, that whether it's that you lost something small or you lost something big, walking through it together is key. So being with your spouse and encouraging them, especially if they're a heart type to say, I've still got your back, or if they're a fearful type uh, to say, you know, I'm here. Uh, Or as you said, even with our eight, sometimes it's, you know, slow down so we can both be here. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a beautiful metaphor and what a, what a way to think about it from, um, from a, um, you know, a couple and a community perspective. That's really, that's really helpful. Well, thank you because you're the one who is the expert on, uh, just health and fitness and you have been sharing your gift out there for so long and 
and continuing to share your gift. And I feel like one of the biggest things for me on this podcast is finding safe people when it's a really important specialty. I always try to, but when I'm really referring something like health and fitness, I want people to have good people to go to. And I definitely shared with you and dialogued and I have a lot of health and fitness tips for couples, but you're absolutely the expert here. So for those who want long-term focus in this, where can we find you and what do you offer? Yeah. So the best place to, to find me is um, just to Google my website and that the URL for that is new you today. So it's N E W the letter U today.com. Mm-hmm. And once you're there, you'll be able to go to my homepage and you'll be able to see the different programs that I offer. I break them up into working with individuals, working with families, and then working with businesses. And then I have a secondary page, which is my fit Enneagram page. And that is um, how I work with groups. I have a, an online presence um, for people who do health and fitness and would also kind of want to learn more about how the Enneagram plays into health and fitness. So mm. I, I would welcome anybody to, to just hop on my website if they're curious. And I provide um, 15 minute uh, free consultations for anybody who is um, looking to work with me. Oh my gosh, that's phenomenal. That is so cool. So they get to go to your website. They get to go to your Instagram. I know that that's how I got to know you. And they also get to have this pairing of a marriage and family therapist, plus all the health and fitness expertise. So, and I'm so thankful for you to help us today, Hallie. This has been incredible. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that we were able to connect and, and like we had talked about earlier that God just brought us together. It's, it's so amazing how this happens. I'm just so grateful. Me too. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much, Krista. Oh man. I was so touched by that interview with Hallie. She just knows what she's talking about so much. And you know, this is obviously a topic I'm super passionate about. And I just can't believe that there's a marriage and family therapist out there who not only specializes in Enneagram, but also fitness and uh, relationships. So that is such a beautiful tie in together. I hope you will check out Hallie's awesome info on my uh, show notes. I hope that you will go visit her page, follow her on Instagram. I hope that you will check out the InterVarsity Conference, get your glow planner binders ready, and I will be talking to you soon, I hope. Have a great week. Bye-bye.